We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Friday, December 29th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Derek Van Riper's here with me today. And this is our, our for the season, this is our final podcast. We're wrapping it up and uh, taking a little hiatus after today. I'm a little, I'm a little sad. Yeah, me too. Uh, we're going to do episodes during the off season this year, which is something we have not done in the past, but the details, you know, when those episodes are going to be released, who's going to be in the mix, all those details are yet to be determined. We'll have a lot of good draft coverage. I know uh, between yourself and Mario Puig and, and John McKechnie, uh, especially, we've got a, a great crew for that. And then, you know, as soon as the time comes, we'll start looking ahead to 2018 fantasy football as well. All Lamar Jackson all the time, everybody. That's going to be our spring podcast. I don't want to hear any of Sam Darnold, Josh Rosenbloney. Because the guy who runs is the guy I want, right? I think Lamar Jackson's a better player than both of them. Better player player? Not just fantasy player, but player player. I think he might be a better real life player too. Interesting. See, I have it. At least possible. I had this conversation with my kids talking about, you know, what are the Giants going to do in the draft? What quarterback are they going to take? And I said... Just remember, everything you read and you see on TV 
remember that two years ago right now, hardly anyone ever heard of Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I had heard of him, but I can't say I knew any much of anything about him and didn't dream that he was going to be the second pick in the draft. So just we don't know what we need to. We all need to wait. Even the people who proclaim to be experts, whether it's on podcasts or radio or TV, all, we, we need to wait for the 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 NFL front offices to start digging into these guys before we understand where they're all going to be drafted. I mean, you, you want to tell me Baker Mayfield's going to go 12th. You want to tell me he's going to go second round. I could buy either one. I have no idea right now. None. Yeah, I, I, it's it's not my area of expertise, but um, I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to be one of the first three quarterbacks drafted out of this class based on what I've seen, heard, and read. Mostly seen and read over the course of these last you know six months or so. Right. All right. Um, before we get started, we're going we're gonna to delve into the week six, 17 games a little bit. There's a lot of quirkiness going on in week 17. Um, first, so DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out on Sunday. So the Texans go into Indy without DeAndre Hopkins and with TJ Yates quarterback. Are, are you in, if you're playing week 17, are you now looking at the Colts defense as a serious option? I was before this news. Now I'm really all over it. Yeah, absolutely. Probably like a top five consideration in the DFS realm because you have this really ugly offense rolling into Indy. I believe this game is a home game for the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. And as generous as their defense has been yardage wise at times this year, I think they do have enough talent to make plays against, you know, such an ugly situation. No DeAndre Hopkins in that game is a huge, huge difference for Houston having any chance of exploiting Indy secondary. Right. Okay. Um, folks, check us out. If you need anything before kickoff on Sunday. And remember, everything's Sunday afternoon. There are no night games on any days this weekend. Everything is Sunday between um, 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock. Um, you want to need us on Twitter? You have any questions? Derek's at Derek Van Riper. I'm at Hoppin 37 You can also tweet us at Rotowire. Um, the newsfeed is at Rotowire NFL, and you can always check us out on Facebook. We're there all the time. Um, if you have a question there, or you want to check out some of the news, uh, it's there for you. Okay. So again, the resting teams, Re- Chiefs have already declared Tyreek Hill out. Have already said Patrick Mahomes is starting. You'd have to think Kareem Hunt and Travis Kelsey fall under this umbrella. Uh, Steelers, you mentioned something to me before we started. We know Antonio Brown's out, but one of the Steelers, even though the Steelers haven't announced anything, one of the Steelers players said that Le'Veon Bell won't play. Right? Yeah, offensive tackle Marcus Gilbert suggested that Bell's not going to play Sunday, even though Mike Tomlin, to this point, as of three forty Eastern time on Friday, Tomlin has not confirmed it. Uh, so Gilbert also said it was probably going to be Landry Jones instead of Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I, that's a pretty big difference, too. And, and maybe the Steelers just think, hey, we can beat Cleveland with our backups. And if the Patriots find a way to lose to the Jets, then we'll just be fine because our backups are better than Cleveland. I, I really I really don't see it being the, the optimal strategy when you have a first round buy guaranteed because I think the home game against New England is potentially very valuable. You could play the first half of that game, do a little scoreboard watching, maybe make that decision at halftime on Sunday afternoon. And even if that were the case, would we feel good about a half of Le'Veon Bell or a half of Ben Roethlisberger when it's not at all you know, tied to how well they're playing, but simply how much the Jets can put a scare into the Patriots? Um, no halves. I want no halves of anybody. 
That's it. So there you go. Unless I know someone's playing the whole game, I'm reasonably certain of it. I don't want anything to do with them. Okay. So that, that's that's the right approach in week 17 because it can it can go wrong if you end up taking a donut or you get five carries in one half because the team is really just backing off and kind of going through the motions. Right. Um, is there a is there a two pound dog in your house somewhere right now? Yeah, there is. Okay. I apologize for that. It's all right. It's because uh, didn't I know you have a dog, but that did not sound like your dog. That is not mine. Okay. <laughs> How, what kind of dog is this? Uh, I believe that's a, a miniature golden doodle. A miniature golden doodle. There's a lot of yapping going on that I heard. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, too, hopefully it's not coming through too strong. But yeah. I, I apologize if it is. It's background. It's fun. We've had a lot of dogs on this year, so you know it yeah. happens. I think three is the third third dog to make an appearance on the podcast. Yep. Um, all right. The other teams, Eagles, uh, Nick Foles, we know is going to get some reps, maybe not all reps. That's another one you just don't want anything to do with any quarterback there. You'd have to think that some of the, uh, you know, Ajay and, and Jeffrey, the one that Tim brought up was Corey Clement, that, that if you were going to DFS, that might be the way to go with the Eagles. Yeah, I, I like the skills. I mean, I think the... The Eagles should be able to do a little something in that matchup, even even though they're going to be resting quite a bit. Volume should be in his favor. You know, I don't look at the Dallas run defense as anything special. So uh, there's a pretty good case to be made for Corey Clement as a, as a DFS play. All right. And the Rams, um, no golf, no girly. So you don't want to play any, you know, even if we see Robert Woods or or Watkins or Cup or guys like that. I don't think you want anything to do with them. Um, all right, otherwise here, people people who are out other than these guys. We mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, DeMarco Murray out. So we are looking at a at in a must-win game for the Titans. Now the Jags say they are playing to win against them. In a must-win, a win-and-in game for the Titans, we are going to get a very heavy dose of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry owners... If you have if you picked him in round six or seven and you have suffered through 16 weeks and are playing in week 17, your time has come. Congratulations. <laughs> Yay. The Good. one league where I had him uh, does not play week 17, so I can't share in that joy from a season long perspective. But I do think there's a pretty good case to be made for Henry as a, a solid cash play, maybe even a viable GPP play in DFS. So, yeah, if you don't have him in season long, you know, take take a swipe, use him. Uh, in your DFS lineups this week, because I, I just don't see Jacksonville really worrying much about the outcome of this game. And I, I know they were really bad against the run before getting Marcel Darius. They've been a lot better since. It's still not a matchup that, from a running game standpoint, you would fear that much if they were trying. So, given the circumstances, it's a pretty big bump for Derrick Henry this week. All right, other guys who are not going to, uh, you're not going to see Devontae Adams or Jordy Nelson for the Packers or Aaron Jones, if that interests you at all. Um, so you probably got a lot of Jamal Williams against the Lions. Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard out for the Giants. Uh, Tavares King, I think he's out too. I have no idea who Eli's going to throw to. And Dave Gettleman today, by the way, said something about, I need to watch film, but I think we're going to be moving ahead with Eli Manning. For God's for sake. Next year? I believe so. That's, that seems to be the, the way he phrased it, suggested that. Wow. Well, uh, congratulations on your new GM. Oh, my God. I mean, see, that's the thing. He, the, the reason he got run out of town here in Charlotte is because he wasn't going to – well, he, he was going to have to pay some of the veteran players. Now, Eli's getting paid already, and we know he's getting paid next year. 
whether the Giants like it or not. But yeah, I, I don't know about this. If, maybe they still draft a guy and have Eli be the you know half season until the guy's ready. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. It's, it's, but I was not heartened by that response from uh, from Dave Gettleman today. Well, so. I hope Dave Gettleman, uh, if if Geno Smith ends up becoming a free agent has no interest in retaining him because I think at a minimum that'd be an upgraded backup quarterback for somebody, maybe a team like the Packers <clears throat> upgrade. you think you need an upgrade there? He's better than Brett Hundley. Yes, he is better than Brett. I think you're probably right. Um, all right. Players we want to see. I want to see Jameis. All right. So I don't think, and this is not necessarily me being sort of a Panthers homer, that because I, w- I would like them to win that division. I think the Bucs are going to give the Saints a, a really good game. I mean, the Bucs seem to be playing, as I said to Tim yesterday, just well enough to lose every week. The last four weeks since Jameis has been back, they've lost by six, three, three, and three. Mm-hmm. And Jameis has eight touchdowns and two picks in those games, and he's averaging over 300 yards a game with a completion percentage north of 70. He's been... He, he's he's been interesting, and I want to see. I mean, he's he's a top ten fantasy quarterback. If you're still playing this week, I mean, it's a diluted pool, but still, I think he's a pretty solid option. Yeah, I think you want to try to mix and match and, and get him involved in your DFS lineups if possible. Uh, season long, probably one of the few kind of fringy quarterback ones you actually feel good about, given that as a team with nothing to play for, Tampa Bay is at least going to predictably give Winston those reps. You know, they're not one of those teams that has a, an old. Like the Giants, where they could give Davis Webb a half, right? Like the Bucks aren't going to do anything weird like that. They will play it out. Uh, I think Mike Evans could have a big game in this one too. I think he's kind of due for that that monster performance. It, it would make sense. It would happen, you know, when most of the Mike Evans owners can't take advantage of it. Uh, but circling back just for a moment, you said who's Eli Manning going to throw to? Probably Wayne Gallman, right? Yeah, Wayne Gallman's been catching a lot of passes out of the backfield, so even more targets might be going in the direction of Gallman. Yeah, Wayne Gallman, last three weeks, he's got 20 catches. And snap-wise, last week he was up to 52 snaps. The week, two weeks before, 37, 36. Last week he's up to 52. Uh, I think Wayne Gallman is auditioning right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, it's a good, it's a good idea. Term. Yeah, it's That's a great idea. Doing. I mean, why not, right? Yeah. Everywhere except quarterback, apparently. But yeah. it's okay. Um, yeah, Wayne Gallman, you know, especially if you're playing full PPR. That, that looks like, you know, I mean, you, you would think he's going to catch four or five passes if he does nothing else. So that's pretty good. Um, you, you mentioned Derrick Henry. This is just, if he can't do it here, what do you think is going to happen with him next season? It, like, if, if we're, we're, when we get to August 1st, what is Derrick Henry going to be to fantasy owners? Do we think, I mean, maybe DeMarco Murray gets pushed out because he's been, it, it seems like the injuries are really catching up to him. And at his age, you kind of look at DeMarco Murray and you go, eh, I don't know about this anymore. Yeah, I, I could see DeMarco Murray being an early offseason release for the Titans and, and Derrick Henry just being the guy next year. Uh, if that's the case, we're going to be excited about him taking him probably, I don't know, the round two, three turn perhaps around pick 25, pick 30 overall, because I think we're all kind of looking at Derrick Henry right now and wondering how much Malarkey justifies using DeMarco Murray as much as he does, because behind the same offensive line, DeMarco Murray is averaging 3.6 yards per carry. Derrick Henry's got 4.7. And that's a huge difference. I mean, for the volume they've each had, 
I don't think we could really look at that and say it's fluky in any way. I think that's indicative of where these two players are at skills wise right now. And think about Derrick Henry getting 275, maybe 300 carries in a season, add in another 20 to 25 catches. That's a really interesting player, even if Mike Malarkey is still the head coach in Tennessee next season. Right. Um, who do you want to see this weekend? Who are you really looking forward to? Again, quirky week. It's really weird. It can be a weird question, but who are you looking for? Cam Newton, because uh, I think that Carolina-Atlanta game is going to be maybe the best game of the week. I think it's going to be a really fun watch as part of the late afternoon block. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan, too, I guess. I, I want to see Matt Ryan actually put up a big fantasy game. He's also in the overdue category. I'm probably going to have him go on at least one of my GPP lineups. I'll pair him up with Julio. Maybe you get the classic Julio 11-catch, 240-yard, two-touchdown game when you <laughs> least expect it when it helps fantasy owners the absolute least and uh, I, I think this could be just a shootout back and forth i mean it's 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 on the short list of games where weather's not a factor and right. that's the other consideration too so aside from a lot of backups playing this week we have pretty cold and windy weather conditions that are going to alter uh, how well some offenses play over the course of this week all right um does Devonte parker interest you at all after the last two games yeah, I do already have him in uh, one of my lineups that I put together. Uh, in season long, I would think of him as kind of a, a firm wide receiver three for week 17. Does have an ankle injury. Uh, he practiced fully on Thursday and Friday, so it looks like he's fine from a health standpoint. I'm still surprised that his yards per target number isn't better. 6.8 yards per target for yeah. Devontae Parker this year. It's a huge step back from what he did as a rookie. And then last year, even in 2016, when he had an 8.6 yards per target mark, I don't know how much that you can put on Jay Cutler or, or what the root cause is, but I think he's a better player than that. And the uh, matchup for Parker is one that I, I feel okay about. I mean, Buffalo secondary is, is solid, but 22 targets the last two games kind of says it all, I think, with Devontae Parker. Right. Um, I want to talk a little bit about players who we who, who we were excited about coming into this season. And what they're going to be next season. Who did we... I, I just want to go random players. And um, by the way, this is, a, this is a pop quiz for Derek. Because I normally do a show outline. I did not prepare him for this. So, um, guys who... Random, whether it's injuries. Guys who are disappointed. If we're still in, we're out, whatever. Looking ahead. David Johnson. What are we going to do with David Johnson? Is he going to be top half of the first round? No questions asked. Yeah, I would assume he's gone within the first seven or eight picks in drafts next year. Uh, the thing that has surprised me the most already when I when I look ahead at how the 2018 draft boards are, are going to shape up, you probably have you know the big three running backs from this season, Gurley, Bell, and Elliott on a per-game basis, plus Johnson as that top tier. Maybe Kareem Hunt uh, and one of Ingram or Kamara could be in there too. I mean, Ingram and Kamara both actually have played at that level. I just don't know if it's actually sustainable year over year. I, I'm kind of leaning that it is, but it's one of those things that I want to review more closely in the offseason just to be sure it's not uh, some recency bias creeping in and making me think that this is just going to work forever and teams aren't going to find some way to stop it. So you look at those guys and you think about the wide receivers that could go at the top. It's basically Antonio Brown and DeAndre Hopkins. And, and that's it. Like Julio's not going to go 
early part of round one anymore. He might go at the turn. The one-two turn is possible. Uh, but a lot of receivers have been disappointing. And that's the thing that's that's really surprised me. I mean, Odell Beckham's injury is the reason why he was disappointing. Mike Evans Oof. hasn't had a good year at all. He'll fall at least a round from where he was going this year, maybe even a tick more. I thought Brandon Cooks would do better. He has not met my expectations whatsoever. So I could see him sliding quite a bit off of his 2017 ADP. Uh, and A.J. Green, I mean, you, you add another year on him and you think about – this is kind of the new floor for him. 73 catches, uh, just over 1,000 yards right now, eight touchdowns. I mean, that's that's not what you paid for if you drafted A.J. Green as a top 12 or top 15 player this year. So I think when you look at David Johnson, you're going to feel a lot better about him coming off of a wrist injury than you're going to feel about the second, third, fourth receivers that are going to come off the board. So I think that's going to keep David Johnson's value pretty firm, even though it was basically a lost season for him. What about... Speaking of disappointing receivers, Amari Cooper. So he was he was bottom of the lower end of the second round this year in, in per ADP. What do you do with him? I think it's really bizarre. I mean, he had back to back years over eight yards per target, and the Raiders' offense wasn't even it wasn't even that efficient. You know, I think Derek Carr's lack of efficiency was a, a concern, perhaps coming into the season. But it wasn't a concern where you looked at Amari Cooper and said, well, he's not going to be able to sustain what he's done. Cooper was the reason Carr got to where he was. And the weirdest thing to me is that he was used so inconsistently in the first half, had that huge game against Kansas City, the Thursday night game, 11 catches, 210 yards, two touchdowns on 19 targets. And then it all just kind of fell apart for him when his ankle got hurt late in the year. But he started to kind of cash in more opportunities in the red zone, three touchdowns in the last four games that he played. I think you're looking at an Amari Cooper situation in 2018 where he's going two full rounds later than where he was going this year. I think he's going to be more of like a fourth round, fifth round pick. Um, let's try to think who was going in that range. Like Demarius Thomas maybe was going around that time this year. Yeah. And Cooper, he's a lot younger than Demarius Thomas was this draft season. I think there's more to like about Amari Cooper, especially if the Raiders – make a change with their offensive coordinator heading into 2018. All right. Um, I got to tell you, the one guy I underrated that I, that is going to, his stock is going to go way up. I think, I don't know about way up. Tyree kill. I was dead wrong about that guy. I, I thought, I thought he was a gimmick receiver and he 11.3 yards per target. That's insane. He's, he's so much better than I thought. Now, how much they'll use him and get him the ball? Like, what he's got seventy-five catches. Do I think he'll get a hundred? I don't know. He probably should. I don't know if he will. But yeah, I, I was he. He was my biggest whiff, I think, of anybody. He's kind of got a lot of uh, Deshaun Jackson, like earlier career Deshaun Jackson in him, as far as the the big playability, not being sized like a prototypical number one receiver kind of being doubted all the time and ultimately exceeding expectations. But the thing about Tyreek Hill uh, that makes him, I think, quite a bit more interesting is that he caught 61 passes last year after being used very little early in the year. Uh, he's already got 75 through 15 games, not going to play in week 17. But, you know, Deshaun Jackson didn't catch 75 passes in a season until he was 26. That was his sixth season in the league. Right. So the usage 
for a big play guy who's really efficient because of his ability to have 40, 50, 60, 70 yard touchdowns, it's, it's usually limited. And with Tyreek Hill, you know, he's never going to be a 90 catch guy. Even I, I just don't see that happening. That's not the way they use him. That's not how he runs routes, but I think they, they have a much better grasp in how to best utilize him than the Eagles did when Deshaun Jackson was early in his career. So yeah, I look at Tyreek Hill, you know, in PPR, he'll get dinged a little bit because the other ones are all probably going to beat him in that receptions total, but it's not by nearly as much of a margin as we once thought. I think the guest you had on who was really pretty, uh, pretty smart with his approach to Tyreek Hill, I think it was Scott Fish who was on uh, some point in July or August. And he was looking at Tyreek Hill as the kind of number one receiver you would take, or I think it was a number two. He's looking at him as a fantasy two that you would take if you had a high volume one. Like you, you would right. kind of balance it out based on roles. So if you already had Julio or you already had an AJ Green, one of those good floor guys, then Hill was a perfect fit as a wide receiver too. Like in a vacuum, maybe you didn't like him, but there was roster constructions that made more sense for him than others just based on the way we expected him to contribute for us as fantasy players. Um, I'm looking at some of the other players on the ADP list who let's say were disappointments. And I mean, Terrell Pryor, we, we just, you know, we have no idea what to make of him right now and it's going to depend on where he ends up. Um, Joe Mixon. I mean, let's, let's assume that the Bengals make some positive tweaks to their line. Do you go into next year with Joe Mixon and go, all right, I, know, I think we were a year. You know what the comp I always think of for this? Sort of the, you know, the post-hype sleeper comp. It, it's a baseball comp and it's Alex Gordon. That when he was very young, we all thought Alex Gordon was going to be the superstar. And he wasn't right away. And it happens with a lot of guys. We get fantasy and we think this guy's going to break out at 22, 23, whatever. And when he doesn't, we go, next, forget it. Is Joe Mixon that kind of guy where now Alex Gordon didn't turn into a superstar, but he turned into a pretty productive player, even fantasy wise. He was he was he was kind of OK for a while. Yeah, I think with Joe Mixon, it's all about the offensive line. I mean, they're a bottom six offensive line, I think, based on the adjusted line yards uh, over at Football Outsiders. And it was a problem in the passing game, too. And Andy Dalton was constantly under pressure. Uh, so I, if they make even basic improvements and can push their line to something that's more middle of the road that would make me pretty excited about mixing for next year i think the usage early in the season was also very frustrating it took them longer than we'd hoped for uh, the, for the Bengals to really kind of move on from jeremy hill so i think that made things a little bit more complicated as well i, I thought it would happen uh, like from the get-go and it took two full games before they started giving mixing double-digit carries and they even kind of shortchanged him on a couple of occasions as the season played out but it seems like they were beginning to realize how talented this guy is I like that he was catching a good number of passes even when Gio Bernard was healthy and playing well so I could see Mixon being one of those guys who slides a couple rounds off of his high ADP from this year turns out to be a big value and ends up you know helping people win leagues next year he just yep. turned 21 in July, so he'll be 22 entering next season. So he's pretty young for a rookie, and I just think there's a lot to put on the system around him that explains why he was so bad as a rookie this year. I think if they do make those upgrades, 
let's say in the offseason you look at the Bengals and say, all right, their offensive line has improved. And it's built, you know, so that Mixon does well. Last, this year, I'm looking at his ADP, NFFC for 12 teamers. It's 46, which is end of the fourth round. That sounds about right again for next year, assuming that they, they make some adjustments around him, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the NFFC is also pretty aggressive. In baseball, it's usually with, you know, high strikeout pitchers. I think in, in football, the NFFC tends to be uh, aggressive with rookies. And, and Delvin Cook's ADP was pretty high in those leagues, too. Right. So I think what we could see is best ball leagues where the ADP slips to the sixth or seventh round if you get in really early. Then the offseason plays out. You get a better feel for where things stand come July and August, and he'll start to creep back up close to uh, that range that you mentioned. So I, I look at him as a top 50 player, and you may not have to use a top 50 pick to get him next year. And again, that's assuming they at least do something to improve the line because they, they, can't, they can't sit back and think that they're just going to be okay doing nothing. Right. Folks, FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans with new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. There's something for everyone with lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. Um, so this week, I mean, the, the running backs, you just can't – you look at the top salary guys and almost all of them are not playing. Um, we talked about our buddy Wayne Gallman, who is 5,100. Corey Clement, also 5,100. Derek Henry, 5,800. Who, if you had to pick, I mean, obviously roster construction matters for the rest of your roster. Which, which two, Clement, Clement, Gallman, and Derek Henry, who do you want? It's Henry and Gallman for me. Okay. Uh, I think with the Eagles, the running back usage, even if they're resting people, is still a little less predictable than what we have in Tennessee with DeMarco Murray out. And then even with the giants and how much they've been throwing to Gallman, you mentioned those injuries they have uh, with Evan Ingram uh, being among the players who's not going to play in that game. That just further solidifies the target floor Gallman has as a pass catcher out of the backfield this week. Henry 5,800 is going to be really popular. Yes. But when you pick away so many top end players, I think it gets more difficult to fade the extremely chalky options out there. Right. I agree with you. Um, otherwise here, looking down, the list, you got to love Stafford against the Packers, don't you? I mean, he's 7,800. And we've talked before about the court, the, 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 vari- the variation in quarter, the, the differences in quarterback salary, are not huge as you go down the fan in FanDuel, but Stafford at 7,800 versus the pack is just, is, it's just fantastic. Isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if, if that's going to be, significantly less popular than Jimmy Garoppolo going up against a Rams team. that's resting and everyone's in love with Garoppolo right now. And, and rightfully so. Is there any way that Stafford matchup gets overlooked by some people? He's also at home. So there's no weather concerns at all. Uh, I like Marvin Jones a lot this week too, for what it's worth. I like all the Lions pass catchers. I think you can justify golden Tate if you want to. He's 7,100 on FanDuel, so I don't like him uh, on FanDuel as much as I might in other circumstances, but Marvin Jones at 7,300, absolutely a firm, like top 10, top 12 sort of play at his position. And I think you could justify going after, you know, one of Eric Ebron or possibly Kenny Galladay. But I think the usage of Ebron these last few weeks makes me feel a lot more confident using Ebron right now. If I'm looking at those two options. Yep. Um, another guy I want to ask about, I mean, we talked about Flacco earlier in the week. What I like, cause he's playing well. Matt Ryan, 
I know Matt Ryan hasn't been a great fantasy quarterback this year, but the Panthers have been. I mean, that game, the the the, the over under is pretty high. Ryan threw for three thirteen and two against the Panthers last time he played, and that was the game where Julio Jones dropped that pass in the end zone where nobody was within twenty yards of him. Um, it's just a great spot for him, you know, and, and he's so cheap. He's seventy four hundred here. I mean, he's you know, what number. 15 or so on the list salary wise. I mean, it seems like a, like a really strong play. Yeah. I like that one. Um, I also like the Kirk cousins matchup against the giants. I mean, it's on the road, but the giants are a total train wreck. As we know, we've talked about it throughout this season. So I think there's quite a few ways to go at quarterback, uh, which is good because having some variation there across multiple lineups might be the easiest place to get it. I mean, I think there are some major limitations at running back in particular this week, I'm going to have Elvin Kamara probably in half of the lineups that I make. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's that, it's that bad because he's 8,800, you know, Gurley bell. not can't really expect much from them or anything from them at this point. Zeke going up against the Eagles could be just fine. Uh, probably going to mix him in too. Melvin Gordon's got the ankle. There's just a lot of, of pitfalls at the top of that list this week. So if you want to kind of lock in, high usage production at that spot. Elvin Kamara is one of the few ways to get it. All right. Wide receiver. And we got Hopkins and Brown out. If you were going to pay up, where would you go? Keenan Allen or Julio Jones? I would probably go to Julio. Uh, I think that game is just one where both teams have something to play for throughout. I think the, the Julio, the Julio frustration is totally warranted. I, I understand why people are as mad as they are about his lack of output. It's been four weeks since he's found the end zone. Can, can he really go five games in a row without scoring again? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I know he did it to start the year too, but it just doesn't seem right. And 8,400 to save a couple hundred bucks, maybe that gets you a slight upgrade on your defense or somewhere else in your lineup by taking Julio over Keenan Allen. All right. Looking down the receiver list a little bit. I mean, Marvin Jones and Marvin Jones and Golden Tate are pretty close in the low seven. Seventy three hundred for Marvin, seventy one hundred for Golden Tate. Um, Mike Evans, you talked about him. Sixty nine hundred, which is he's get, he's getting cheap now, isn't he? We we you know, we've been disappointed in Mike Evans all year, but now the price is starting to they're, they're trying to, to bring us back in with this salary. I'll take the bait. I know it could go wrong for me and I could look like a dummy for doing it, but I, I just think he's so good that even a Marshawn Lattimore matchup is one that for Mike Evans, I just don't worry about it because he's so physically imposing. You think about the matchup he had uh, on Monday night and it was, it was worse than it should have been because uh, a lot of, a lot of push offs and, and things that were uh, kind of slowing him down in that match goes against Atlanta, I think two weeks ago now. I still really like Mike Evans as a player, and to get him under 7000 is a huge bargain. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm looking at the low, low price wide receivers, and I'm just not, I'm not loving a lot here. I'm trying, trying to talk myself into somebody. Anybody down there for you? Um, Roger Lewis, can, maybe, with all the other Giants out? Potentially, yeah. Uh, if Mike Wallace's knee is okay, I mean, going up against the Bengals, the Ravens need to play that out. 5,600 is a good price for him. 
Sanu's pretty affordable in the Carolina matchup. He's 5,600. They're, they're kind of all lumped together. Like Wallace, Sanu, Corey Davis in tournaments, I think is justifiable. Richard Matthews is only 5,500. The hardest thing to figure out with the Jags is you have to have a, a full game day roster. Who Who isn't going to sit? Like which does the whole starting secondary play the entire game or do they rotate backups in a little more? I mean, that's the the thing I'm wrestling with when I try to figure out if I want to use any of Tennessee's pass catchers. And the other thing that kind of bails me out on that a little bit is how much I'm using Derrick Henry, because I don't think they're an explosive enough offense where I want to have a running back and a wide receiver from the Titans in the same week. Right. Okay. Um, tight end. We talked about Engram being out. Um, Travis Kelsey, we can't trust. Zach Ertz, we can't trust. Uh, I mean, Greg Olson's the chalk right now. Is Greg Olson the chalk or is Kyle Rudolph the chalk with all the touchdowns he's been getting? Olson, because uh, the Vikings are, are locked into their seed position too. I mean, they, no, they're they, not. they need to win, technically. They, they, could, get, they could get jumped. Well, don't they don't they need a lot of really weird things to happen though? They do need weird things to happen. They need they need to lose. They need the Saints to lose, and they need the Panthers to win. I yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just I'm hesitant to think that they're going to go overboard with their key players okay. in that game. He, he's been hobbled by an ankle injury. He doesn't have any official designation for this week, but that's the kind of thing where he could easily be active. He could play early, and they get comfortable. They just back off a little bit, you know, run run a backup tight end out there instead and just try to get him healthy for two weeks from now. All right. Um, and, and our buddy Eric Ebron is down there at 5,600 again. So just, just to remind everybody, we want to let Eric Ebron slide again since he's finally been making me look smart over the last three weeks. Folks, only two and a, over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize plan on FanDuel to take advantage of our special offer for new users. Sign up today, FanDuel.com slash RW. You get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than a million in cash prizes, and that's with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Thanks for all the support this season, FanDuel. All right. Um, who do you love? I said I love Stafford, a quarterback. Who do, you, do you love anyone more? More than Stafford. Uh, Kirk Cousins is probably in the same tier for me. Mm-hmm. I, just, I, I love the idea of picking on the Giants. The... The high-end quarterbacks really come up a little light. I, I love Cam in this game. I think that's a good spot for him in back-and-forth shootout. And I, I just like the way he's playing right now, too. It seems like the shoulder trouble he was dealing with earlier in the season has, has faded. Uh, the rushing attempts have been in double digits in three consecutive games. He's gone over 50 rushing yards six times uh, in the last seven games, which is just crazy. So his floor is very high, but he always brings that ceiling thanks to his ability as a runner, thanks to the possibility of a rushing TD on top of a few through the air. Uh, and I think Atlanta's defense is, you know, it's good, not great, but I, I just think that game is going to be the most fun game of the week. So I want Cam, I want Matt Ryan in a lineup, uh, but I think if I'm if I'm choosing, if salaries were irrelevant, Cam would probably check in, if not at the top of my list, very close to it at the quarterback position. Okay. Uh, running backs, uh, I could not love C.J. Anderson more this week, I don't think, with the with the Chiefs basically laying down. He's going to run yeah, like crazy. Yep. They, they're they not going to want to throw it too much. That certainly makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, I'm a little optimistic about Carlos Hyde this week with the Rams resting. I mean, he's pretty fairly priced anyway. So he's in the same tier as C.J. Anderson. He can save a little money at running back, maybe build around one or both of those guys. Uh, I like Kenyon Drake going up against the Bills because, I mean, everybody likes that matchup. Why Why not? And even Deion Lewis at 7,200 going up against the Jets. The Patriots could be salting away a lead throughout the second half. So it could be a higher volume week again for Deion Lewis. And and all the other – the Pats backs are all in, in shaky propositions health-wise. Because Burkhead's still out. I'm, I'm looking up Gillisley right now because that was one that I saw today that he wasn't practicing again. He's out, right? So Gillisley's out. James White. Let's see what we got here. James White questionable. Gillisley out. Burkhead appears to be out again. There you go. I mean, Deion Lewis is it. So, I mean, look, if they're up 20, yeah, maybe they yank him. But – there's you know right now he's options a b and c um wide receivers we talked about the lions i mean those are those guys are just like could you do you ever do game stacks on in dfs i don't stack really at all i think it it's it's interesting if you can hit on it but i never feel never feel good enough about a team to load up you know three three players in the same team. I'll, I'll, I'll combo the quarterback with a running back or a receiver and, and the quarterback running back combo, I think is still a little bit underrated in some cases, because if a team is expected to score 30 points, you know, take, take the highest implied total of the week in any particular week and try to figure out how those points are going to be distributed. A team like the saints could say, hey, you know what? It's going to be breeze through the air for three. It's going to be Kamara on the ground for one or two and maybe Ingram for the other. I'd rather just go quarterback running back in some of those cases and get 80% of the TDs than try to go quarterback receiver and have you know the tight ends or the other receivers end up being the guys the quarterback throws to. I, I just think it's a, it's a sometimes overlooked way to get the extra exposure you want to a potentially dominant offensive performance. But mostly it's just two man combos for me. And I'm perfectly content to get as much diversification as possible because it brings a higher ceiling to the table. Okay. Um, why receivers? Uh, I'm liking the lines as we talked about Marquis Goodwin. I really like, I know his, his volume was down a bit last week. Um, they mean, they're playing the Jags, which is not easy. But again, the Rams are just gonna, the Rams are on cruise control this Sunday. So I think the, the the Jimmy G to Marquise Goodwin combo looks pretty strong again. Yeah, it does. Um, I like T.Y. Hilton this week on FanDuel. He's 6,700 going up against the Houston secondary that's been leaking plenty of big plays this season. So uh, Hilton went off against them earlier this year, too. I mean, I'm not even worried about that or thinking about that as much as I just like this matchup right now based on the form we've seen from the Texans. Okay. Uh, tight end. <laughs> Are you going back? down the i'm going back down the antonio gates rabbit hole i don't know about you but i think i'm gonna go i don't know how many lineups dfs lineups i'm gonna put them in it's gonna be at least one i mean i'm intrigued again with last week i mean they just you know henry's henry's out they're gonna win they're probably gonna score some points i think they're gonna win anyway they're gonna score some points and the gates getting a touchdown just seems like this really likely scenario to me yeah, could be his last game too. So yep. seems like the kind of guy that rides off into the sunset uh, with a with a score 
on, on the way out the door. So I think the Gates GPP call especially makes a lot of sense. Ebron for 100 bucks less would be in play for me on, on FanDuel. Jack Doyle is interesting if you're not using T.Y. Hilton. I don't want to use both because I don't think they're, they're high-powered enough to where I trust both to go off simultaneously. I mean, one could be solid, the other could be great. But if Jacoby Brissett were to throw four touchdown passes, I'm not overly confident that all four of them would go to Hilton and Doyle. So one or the other for me, not both, but I, I do think you can play him. Uh, and Vernon Davis, you know, he, he, he didn't cash in the first matchup this year against the Giants, and the Giants has struggled against tight ends a lot. Played a ton, got one target, didn't catch a pass. I think I'd be willing to try that again at 5,800. All right. I think I might, too. I, I feel like there's a lot of tight end options, basically. That we, I mean, we just talked about four or five. So yeah, there, there's, you know, it's one of those things, you know, hey, could you do four lineups and just mix and match, you know, do different tight ends and see how it goes because of the price ranges are similar. But uh, you could. Folks, listeners to our podcast and get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. Uh, Derek, we got what else we have going on over the weekend other than us on Twitter? You at Derek Van Rybert, me at jhalpin37 um, to help people out toward uh, week 17. Get the DFS tools up and running, so be sure to check those out if you haven't done so already. The Optimizer is a great tool, especially this week. If you have three or four players you like, and you're not really sure where to go everywhere else, then you know you, you want to go ahead and make that uh, foundation, lock in those players, run the optimizer to fill the remaining spots. That's a great way to kind of fill in the gaps and, and find some players that might be uh, hidden value as we get closer to kickoff on Sunday. All right. Um, that's it, folks. Please review and rate us one more time for our final podcast of the NFL regular season. Um, by the way, and our final podcast, Derek, the DFS podcast will be rolling every week for the NFL playoffs, right? Uh, for the next two weeks, the first two weeks, there's four games right. we'll have them. Uh, once we get to championship week, those will be done as well. OK, but um, folks, check those out the next couple of weeks. They're really helpful if you want to play DFS. Um, that's it, sir. It's been fun. Everybody listening, it's been a great season. We appreciate it. Derek, thanks, man. This, is, this, has been a, this has been a lot of fun this season. I enjoyed working with you. Yeah, it's been great working with you as well, John. Done a great job. I think we had a lot of great guests over the course of the season, too, especially uh, during draft prep season. Did a great job building up a schedule of some of the best people in the industry. And I'm looking forward to uh, continuing the momentum here in 2018. Sounds great. Me, too. Everybody, um, again, Derek's at Derek Van Rapper on Twitter. I'm at Helpin 37 You got questions about Week 17. You got questions about the offseason, you got questions about baseball, um, you know, New Year's Eve ideas, whatever you want to do. Just just hit us up on Twitter. We'd be happy to listen uh, to, to chat with you. Folks, thank you for listening to this edition and all the editions this season of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. This one's sponsored by FanDuel. Um, again, as we come back, we'll be back during the offseason. Probably going to go uh, dark on this podcast for about a month and start getting into offseason stuff. You'll hear from us again. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter we'll let you, and, and on Rotowire, we'll let you know exactly what's going on. That's it. For Derek Van Riper, I'm John Halpin. Thanks for listening all season. Good luck in Week 17, and Happy New Year. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.